There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is John, and along with me is the one and only, my my favorite Christian therapist, Brian Silver. What's up, buddy? Hey, good, good to see be you. with everybody this week. Yeah, it's uh, it's Wellbeing Wednesday, and we've devoted uh, Wednesday's show to really help you guys, help me, help us uh, navigate so much of the the struggle that we've been experiencing. And, and this is something we are committed to. We're passionate about, um, you know, from, from my standpoint, just for our church specifically, I want to make sure that we are equipping you, uh, to, to really move through all of this. And it's been such a gift to have Brian on the show each week. And what we started doing last week is talking about Sabbath. And we were about 12 to 15 minutes into that conversation when I'm like, bro, we got to do a part two on this and maybe even a part three. And so it turns out we're actually going to do a three part uh, conversation on on Sabbath. Today is part two. If you're checking this out for the first time, Uh, we love that you guys are watching this live. There's a bunch of you watching it live on Facebook and your comments are really help uh, the live experience and certainly you sharing it with a friend. That's one of been one of the main ways, probably the main way that uh, this resource has gotten out to all kinds of folks, uh, many of which that uh, don't attend Mission Church or even live in the state for that matter. And so sharing is caring. If you're on Facebook, those of you that watch this on YouTube, it's uh, so easy for you to share a link to a friend. Uh, Or if you're checking this out on the podcast, uh, you're maybe working out or going on a nice fall walk. I don't know. I don't know. But sharing is caring. We are thrilled that you guys are taking in this content as a way for you to, in many ways, kind of take responsibility for for growing and and moving through all that you're feeling uh, in this season. So today is part two of Sabbath. And uh, look, looky here. Looky here, Brian. Look what I got lit up. All oh, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There yeah. it is. That's a mahogany teak wood. Nice. It's, it's the high intensity because, you know, I'm coming with a little <laughs> bit. Of, I generally come with some intensity. So when you see how I'm like, oh, that candle's for me. That candle's for me. So you got your candle lit. I've got my candle lit. And uh, last week, man, we were talking about how you cannot Sabbath while remaining in control. <laughs> and I yes. think that's the point. And today we're going to talk about Sabbath and rest. And so, man, kick us off. What are we? How are we going to go after this today? I'm excited. Yeah. So I thought we would start with the same place that we did last week um, by by praying a prayer to invite the Sabbath. Awesome. Um, we'll keep it a little bit shorter at the beginning here. We've got a lot of material today. Um, and, um, it's, it's important stuff. So, um, here's, uh, here's, here's what we'll do is we'll, we'll pray our prayer, do a little quick review, and then we're going to jump into this whole idea of rest. And man, I, as I was kind of doing the research on this stuff, this stuff just blows my mind. Mm. So it's even possible. Maybe I'll get a little emotional in here as we do this stuff. So just, just fair warning. Okay. Um, safe space, right? So yeah, that's right. Um, without further ado, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's pray the prab- Sabbath prayer, okay. and we'll get started. So, Baruch Atadonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kedushanu B'mitzvotav Vitzivanu Lechadlik Ner Shel Shabbat. 
which means, blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to, to light the Sabbath lights. Hmm. Um, God, as, as we um, enter this time of Sabbath together, um, would you infuse us with your rest and open our ears and our hearts and our minds to what you have to say? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So last week, if there was just one piece of the puzzle to, to go back to, the, the critical component of relinquishing control, of surrendering, and, and what that has to do with Sabbath, was this idea that God is God and we are not. And that until we relinquish control, until we surrender, we don't even have a, we don't have a chance at rest. Mm. Control is the antithesis of rest. And so um, we, uh, um, we read in ex- Exodus 31, you must observe my Sabbaths so that you may know that I am the Lord. And we talked about how uh, all throughout Old Testament, uh, all the way to the end of the book, uh, end of the Bible in Revelation, that God says, here's the deal. You are to be my people. I'm going to be your God. And this is the only place that rest comes. I am your Sabbath. Hmm. Right? So, so this is critical. We're going to spend a lot of time looking at uh, what it means for God to be our Sabbath. Okay? Um, and um, so we're going to take a look at a handful of passages uh, that help clue us into this. Uh, now, understand, um, God, uh, God's economy... It's very, very different than ours. Uh, ours, ours is an economy of control um, that, that is constantly pulling at us to control things. And so, so God is encouraging us to to trust in Him, to release things, to to let Him be God, and to find our rest in that. And so, we're going to find some countercultural things in the Sabbath, as as the Scriptures describe it. Um, just so we're not skipping out on psychology completely here. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a ton of psychology in the scriptures, but just as a a little quick mention here, okay, for those of you who maybe aren't on the spiritual train here, um, but are investigating the, the purpose here in, in rest is it's, it is essential. We can't survive without it. Okay. There's a reason that if you stay up without sleep for, you know, 48 hours, you start to hallucinate. There's a reason, there's science behind uh, needing to take a rest day if you're working out on a regular basis. Uh, If you don't rest, there's no time for your muscles to recover. You you risk injury and and things of that nature. And so um, on a physical level, that's the concern. On an an emotional, mental, psychological level, rest um, is the way that our body processes through anxiety, fear, you know, all, all of the things that overwhelm us. Okay. So, um, so let's, let's continue this conversation with, with the awareness that, that this is not just a good conversation to have. This is an essential conversation to have. All right. Um, and, uh, this one is going to be an, uh, um, an unapologetically spiritual conversation for the most part. All right. So, Let's pick up at Nehemiah 13. Oh. Nehemiah 13 says this. Once or twice, the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spent uh, uh, spent the night outside of Jerusalem. 
But I warned them and said, why would you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. And the Levites are the, the priests um, that are responsible for guiding the, you know, the spiritual awareness of the people. Um, and um, you know, they're, the, they're the, priestly, the priestly group of the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, and so this, this passage is fascinating, all right? So everybody's got the day off. And there are these merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods standing by the wall. They've got all the latest iPhones and, yes. you know, I mean, everything that you could want to distract you and sort of, you know, numb you out um, in the, you know, in the relaxation mode of rest, which as we, as we talked about last week, there, I mean, there's nothing wrong with relaxing but it does not infuse you with life the same way that true abiding rest does. Mm. And so, uh, so the, the sellers of, of all these kinds of goods are confronted and, and told, hey, this is not a day of distractions. This is not an I'm on vacation, leave me alone day. Mm. This, is, this is a day of, re of remembering who God is and discovering that deep abiding rest. So, First things first, if when we have time off, we are using that time just in relaxation mode, just in escape mode, think about what that is. That's a running from. Mm -hmm. We talked about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about silence and solitude, the, the, the difference between isolation and solitude yeah. is that isolation is a running from, right? Where solitude is a running to. To, yeah. Yeah right? Running to God. Okay. So, so they're saying the Sabbath is a running to, not a running from. So back off. Critical, critical component. If we are running from, we won't find rest. It's just not possible. Um, so um, in fact, um, in, in Exodus 23, it says that during the seventh year, of, uh, you know, there's, they, they, uh, they practiced life in cycles. And so in the seventh year, the, the Sabbath year, it said, let the land lie unplowed and unused. Why? It says, then let the poor among you, uh, among your people, uh, sorry, then the poor among your people may get food from it and the wild animals may eat what is left. But wait a minute, that's a whole year that I could be, I could be controlling, I could be benefiting, I could be guarding against, you know, uh, I, I could be, uh, I could be distracting myself with gain. Yeah. I can get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can control what's next, but if I'm always controlling, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how, how many ducks you have lined up in a row. I mean, there's, there's always the possibility that things can fall apart unexpectedly. Um, we weren't planning on having a leak in our kitchen mm. and uh, yet there it was. And so our kitchen is entirely gutted right now. Um, had we been in control, <laughs> um, that wasn't the plan, right? Um, but but that's, that's how it works, right? It doesn't, doesn't matter how many ducks we have lined up in a row, 
something can fall apart, circumstances change. And, um, and if we're relying on that, that, that stuff is, is flimsy, it's paper thin. Mm. But, but God says, hey, you can rely on me. In fact, when you rely on me, it's actually going to benefit those around you. Uh, it's part of how I provide even. Um, interestingly enough, uh, in, in Psalm 22, um, when, uh, when David is talking about the coming Messiah, um, he, uh, um, he mentions at the end of that Psalm, as he's talking about the salvation that is coming, one of the things that he says is the poor will eat and be satisfied. Mm. So, um, so, so Sabbath is something that doesn't just affect us personally, but as we enter that Sabbath, we are helping the community um, benefit from what that rest does. Mm. Now we're going to get really hardcore here, right? because the, the Sabbath, the Sabbath is fundamentally salvific. 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 That's right. I love that word. I haven't I, used, I haven't. Ooh. Salvific. I know. It's kind of fun. I think, it's, I think it's, my... it's fun to say. I think everyone, everyone on the count of three, whether you're watching this, listening to it, <laughs> even if you're in, I don't know, in Starbucks right now, I want you to say salvific with us on the count of three. One, two, three. Salvific. Huh? That's a good one. Bumper sticker. I'm going to make some salvific bumper stickers. It's coming. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so salvific, if you haven't figured it out yet, it means that it's pertaining to salvation. Yeah. Okay. It's terrific. The Sabbath is tied to salvation. Fascinating. Let's look at a couple of passages that show us this. Because salvation is rest. Yes. Okay? If God is our <laughs> Sabbath and we rest in him, he is our savior, we gain that rest. Okay. Mm. Leviticus 25. So we just talked about the Sabbath year, right? So yeah. every seven years, we've got the Sabbath year. Check this out. <coughs> Excuse me. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the, seventh, the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. On the Day of Atonement, we'll come back to that. On the Day of Atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It mm. shall be a jubilee for you. Mm. Even if someone is not redeemed, this passage says, they and their children are to be released in the year of jubilee. For the Israelites belong to me as servants. They are my servants who I brought out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, this happens on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. It is the highest of all the high holy holidays in Judaism. It is a time where the Jews fast and they pray and they repent. They turn back to God and they say, God, forgive us for this year of sins that we may be written in the book of life for one more year. Now, Jesus comes on the scene. He dies for us. He becomes the atoning sacrifice once and for all. Hmm. And so 
instead of a year-by-year -year atonement, Jesus becomes the eternal source of Sabbath, the mm -hmm. eternal source that when we repent, we have this salvation, we have this rest. And so this year of Jubilee is tied to the Day of Atonement. Fascinating stuff. Wow. Um, go, it, it gets even better. Um, uh, that's not the better. That's just an alarm. <laughs> Sorry about that. ADD brain, lots of alarms. Hey. I need them or I forget everything. Yeah, a lot of people are like, he does that too? It's all good. Uh, yeah. Thank God for the alarms. <laughs> when I go into the actual process, I have to scroll through my alarms for days to find, you know, where yeah. did I leave off? Because there's just yeah. thousands of them. All right. <laughs> so Isaiah 56. This is just a few chapters after Isaiah 53 that talks all about Messiah. The, it says he, he's pierced for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities. iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Just a few chapters after that, hmm. it talks about foreigners and eunuchs, which in the Old Testament would sort of be like saying tax collectors and prost prostitutes in the, yeah. um, the, New Testament. In, the New, in the New Testament. It's these, these, are, these are not the you know, high on the totem pole people, right? Okay. And so, so in Isaiah, it says the foreigners and to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant to them, I will give within my temple and its walls, a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. Mm. Again, look at how, look at how this Sabbath idea, this idea of turning to God, letting God be God, surrendering ourselves to God and, and salvation and rest, how these are intrinsically tied together. So I could do, I could go over a lot of psychological principles for rest. And, and actually in part three, we will do some real good practical yeah. steps for, you know, what does it look like for us to rehearse this? We talked about that there are three parts to the Sabbath. There's a relinquishing of control, there's a rest, and there's a rehearsal. We will get to that in the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So I'm not glossing over that, but this rest piece is critical. If we don't know what rest is, how do we rehearse it? Mm. Okay. Mm. So sa salvation and Sabbath are intrinsically tied. Um, Psalm 92, and, and then, then we're going we're gonna to shift gears just a little bit here. But Psalm 92 says that, and this is a psalm written for the Sabbath day. It says, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Hmm. The Sabbath is the source. When, when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, I am the living water, I am the bread of life. He's saying, I am, I am that Sabbath. I am the source of all rest and restoration. Um, I, uh, I grew up, uh, under, uh, under a guy, um, named Vince Barlow. I don't know if that name means anything to you, John. Uh, he uh, used to be the, the music director at, um, uh, at promised land back when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I, I had the privilege of, um, leading worship with him, uh, many years later, but 
but he wrote a lot of the songs that were played and all that stuff. And uh, he and a guy named uh, Dean Peterson uh, wrote a song called Upside Down. Um, and, and the the hook on the song, it, it says, he's the kingdom of kingdom upside down. If you want to go up, you have to go down. To be the greatest, learn to be the least. You're living in a kingdom upside down. Hmm. Um, Vince, by the way, if anybody is, is listening that you know, knows Vince, uh, my kids, uh, I, I play your songs for my kids all the time. They're some of, your, some of their favorites. So hmm. just as a heads up. But uh, at any rate, um, what we're hearing in here is so countercultural. Yeah. So countercultural. But let's be clear here. What about our culture right now is restful? Mm-hmm. So, so how, how we're dealing with the pandemic, that we're, we're in a restful place, right? <laughs> um, boy, politically, everybody's feeling really well rested, right? <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get political here, but I am, I am going to get biblical here. Mm-hmm. God says he has to be God. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, there's this fascinating moment. The Israelites go to the prophet Samuel and they say, hey, go tell God we want a king so that we can be like everybody else. Hmm. And, and Samuel goes to God and he says this, and God says, basically, I am your king hmm. and I am your rest. Hmm. So here's the thing. If, if you want another king other than me, you'll lose out on that rest. I, I want you to have that rest. I want you to have me as your Sabbath. The world will fall apart around you. You will be anxious. You will be overwhelmed. You will be taken captive You, because you won't let me be your God. Hmm. So explain that to them, Samuel. Go back to them, explain it. So he goes back to them and they say, we don't care. We want to be like everyone else. Give us a king. We don't want to be countercultural. We want to be like everyone else. Give us a king so we can be like everybody else. So Samuel reports back and God says, okay, give them what they ask. That, that's, those are the words right from the scripture. Give them what they ask. He's not, you know, he's not petty about it. He's not, he just, okay, give them what they ask. If they don't want me to be their king, okay. And you know what the first thing they do is? They go out and they find the handsomest guy they can find that's a head taller than everyone else. Wow, that's really impressive mm-hmm. compared to the king of the universe. Oh, he's a head taller. He's really good looking. In contrast to this, John, you may have come across this before. Um, there, uh, there was a message, a prayer um, that uh, a guy by the name of Dr. S.M. Lockridge gave back in the 70s called My King. And I can't read the whole thing to you right now, but I, I'm going to read uh, yes. some of it. Okay. Yes. It's worth it. So, so think of Saul, a head taller than everyone else mm. and handsome versus the king of the universe. This is what Dr. Lockridge says. David said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. My king is the only one whom there are no means of measure that can define his limitless love. 
No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supplies. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. That's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you could choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He's strong God and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of the governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Or we can have handsome and a head taller than everyone else. Mm. Or we can have pleasant distractions. Or we can have mm. control that really isn't control. It just feels like it. In Hebrews chapter 4, what we see is a reflection on the Israelites and their behaviors with God. And it says, you know, when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, they rejected my Sabbath rest. And so they lost out on the promised land. But, but it says in the book of Hebrews chapter four, it says, but David in the Psalms he, he brings to light this awareness that, that the Sabbath is not past, mm. that, that there is a Sabbath of today, mm. that today is the day to embrace the repentance 
the surrender that God is calling us to, to turn and let God be God, and you can have his Sabbath rest today. Mm. It's not too late. It's not too soon. It's today. Mm. So, you know, normally I, I, at the end of our time together, I give some kind of little practical, why don't you practice this, that kind of thing. I, I'm not going to do that today. Today, what I'm going to suggest is that we all sit for a moment and ask ourselves, do we really want to be our own God? Do we really like where that's leading us? Do we like what we see in the culture all around us? Do we like that anxiety? Do we like that unrest? Do we like being ruled by fear? Or are we ready to let God be God? Are we ready to let God be our Sabbath yes. rest? If you have not ever had the thought that maybe God could be God, today's the day. Mm -hmm. Today's the day to lay down that control and actually say, God, okay, I don't know what it looks like. I, I don't even know how to do it. Um, but I know that the train wreck that is what controlling life is right now is not life-giving. And you say that you are the way and the truth and the life. You say, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You say that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Okay. Okay. I want your Sabbath. Mm. I want your rest. Yeah. Let me just pray and we're going to be done. Amazing. God, you are so faithful to, uh, to speak to us in so many different ways. God, you, you speak to us through, through your word. And we've heard so many incredible truths that Brian has quoted from your word. God, you speak to us through uh, the council of saints and uh, those of us that are in Christ that are following Jesus are saints. You have set us apart. You've set us free. And God, you have spoken through Brian today to our hearts. And you, you are presenting before us uh, an opportunity for us to truly sit with these questions, to sit and really decide what king do we want? And I ask your Holy Spirit to come right now as we sit, right now as we reflect on what we've heard today from Brian. Holy Spirit, come. Guide us in truth. Guide us in power. Guide us to walk and live without being controlled by fear or the fear of missing out or losing out. Guide us in knowing truly how to take part in this upside-down kingdom that is the kingdom of God. We ask this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time. 
Keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.